Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Wednesday edition of the show. IU slides by Florida Gulf Coast. It was not a good performance, especially in the first half for the Hoosiers. We'll talk a lot about that game and that victory last night. But Tuesday, election day, always a fun day because we've got college basketball, no NBA last night, but we also had the election results. So two things that I enjoy, basketball, especially at the college and high school levels, and uh, keeping up with what's going on with local and even national elections, which is interesting. So a good night of TV watching, and uh, good to see Indiana folks that we love seeing them live from start to finish. Sometimes I've got to chop them up and watch them when I can, but uh, definitely not a good start for Indiana. They did not look near as fluid as what they did against Maryland over the weekend. But I did think for the Gulf Coast, I think they were favored in their conference, right? I did think that they're a, a solid mid-major ball club that uh, was definitely not a pushover for a non-conference team, so that could have been some of it as well. But my takeaway is this, and I'm sure there's plenty of people that disagree with me or that have plenty of negatives to say about this team, and I can come up with things. There's some turning points, I think, about this team and exactly how good they can be. But after the two exhibition games and the opening game last night at Assembly Hall, I think Indiana is what we thought. Very talented. There's some rawness to them. They've got to put things together. There are some freshmen that I think what they're doing right now and what they're getting right now will be what it looks like a couple months from now. And I'm thinking about Gabe Cup especially when I say that. I think he's the real deal. And uh, Indiana fans will be excited to have him in the program for potentially the next four years. But I think Indiana's talented. I think Indiana has a high ceiling. I think if Mike Woodson and the coaching staff are able to do a great job, an exceptional job as they coach at Indiana basketball, by the time we get into, let's say, February, could be a good team. And could be a team that turns some heads and makes the NCAA tournament and has a run to finish out the Big Ten season. I think the talent, the potential, gosh, I look at Malik Levine and Scott Bevin, and Kenji Mbako, the freshman, who can dominate. And I think he'll get more confident in his ability to do so, even if he steps up in the schedule against bigger teams and Big Ten teams. Kellogg, where long, lengthy, his length is so involved in everything he does. So just a lot of talent. That's not even touching on the backcourt, some of the experienced players, and some of the others that have maybe done some good things so far. But I do think it's a, a talented IU team with a high ceiling. And a lot of it's going to be in some of these individual players' Responsibilities to get better and step up as the competition steps up. And a lot of it's going to be on the shoulders of Mike Wilson, who developed this team on the fly since he got him in the end of the summer, uh, early summer a year ago at the Chateau. 
12 rebounds for Chris. Three block shots, two steals, and he played all but four minutes in the game. He played 36 minutes last night for Indiana. Craig Galloway, I know this is the first regular season game, but he had his best performance through the exhibition games as well. With a team high 15 points to lead the Hoosiers last night. He is solid. He's going to be the leader Mike Woodson has described. He has to be this year for the IU team. But a solid performance from him uh, in the opening game of the regular season. Well, I'd really like to see Lakeland do. I know there's a lot of things last night you can nitpick apart about this Indiana team not taking control of the game early and letting Florida Gulf Coast hang around. But when he was big in the second half, I mentioned the start that he had. Finished with 15 points. Xavier Johnson, 14 points as well. Really seems to be the verbal leader. And that's no surprise. Fifth year college guy. You would expect that as his role on the team. He's going to be a team handling the ball a lot. But uh, all those guys showed some good moments. And of course, Gabe Bucks down the stretch really helped Indiana and provided a big spark uh, off the bench for Indiana. He is a guy that's not flashy. But he is solid. He is constantly out there talking, constantly out there evaluating the game. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. His role as a freshman might be way, way bigger, much bigger than what any of us thought, especially after we saw him play some games his senior year. I thought, you know, he's a solid player, heavy player, high IQ, coach's son, all those things. But he's, he's more than that. He's a lot more than that. And I think Mike Woodson and the coaches are beginning to figure that out. But others included are beginning to see that as well. But uh, Indiana last night, really fortunate to get a win, uh, but still some highlights in the dismal play, especially the dismal start for the Hoosiers as they uh, get a win 69 63 over Florida Gulf Coast. And of course, Pat Cambridge, the coach of Florida Gulf Coast, former Penn State coach, so great to see him back in Assembly Hall still leading a college basketball program. Of things from the contest last night. Uh, and again, some people will think, oh gosh, he beat Florida Gulf Coast by six points. He uh, trailed to them in the second half. That's not good. That's his team game. But I thought the fact that Indiana was able to overcome adversity and actually come back and win the game was good. And of course, look at Michigan State. They were defeated the other day by others at night at home. Uh, look uh, last night at some of the games across the area, guys. Change. Oh, 
distribution of recruiting trucks starts in the Gilly Goats. He is now officially signed with IU Basketball. Earlier this morning, Gilly signed his national letter of intent with the IU Basketball program. So he's the first signee in the class of 2024, and currently he is Indiana's only college commitment. Will that change later this week with Garrett Keene's decision likely forthcoming? We'll see, but for now, Maybe of one other name, possibly two other names that Indiana is involved with. I could make a, a shot at. Now things change. You know that quickly these days when it comes to recruiting. But can you imagine one player in a recruiting class if that's what it ends up being? The concern and panic that would bring just some years back in college basketball, but now with the transfer portal and all the exodus of players most years and new players that come in from the portal, it's just a total different. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back on this Wednesday program. Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star with us. I covered James Madison for five years. That was my first beat out of out of college after graduation. Uh, so that was wild for me to see. Just totally nuts because, like, I, I covered first three teams. I covered were combined eighteen of eighteen and sixty eight out there. So for them to go up to Breslin and beat Michigan State was just a wild thing uh, for me to see. But I mean, it does prove, you know, again, for 
one thing. I mean, Izzo always says he came back in November. Um, but these teams just don't know who they are yet. Um, you know, I, and I think there's almost always this drastic difference between these teams in, in game one and game two, uh, you know, from the first time they played a Division One program um, and get to see what's wrong with them, uh, you know, who they really are and, and what works and what doesn't, um, and get a sense of, you know, their priorities, what, who, who, what, what do they want every time out within a half-court possession, you know, what are they going for, you know, or who can they trust to defend. Um, you don't know who these teams are early, and every once in a while somebody does get beat because they're just not put together yet. That doesn't mean Michigan State's not going to end up being really good. I mean, it, you know, you, you've seen as they lose games, it's not supposed to lose in November forever and come back in March and, and you know, beat everybody's butt in the Big Ten. So it could totally just turn around. Um, but, you know, I think you saw last night with Indiana and, and Florida Gulf Coast that, you know, Indiana is still figuring out who they are um, and, and trying to get a sense of who they're going to be and, and who are going to be the guys they can trust to take shots and what their, um, you know, sort of purpose and intent is going to be on the offensive end. Um, and so you just you see just a lot, everybody's a little bit ragged at this point, but uh, the improvement comes quickly. Uh, you, you see a lot of change uh, in the course of the month of November, even when you're playing some of these by-guarantee games. Uh, when you're playing lesser opponents, uh, you still kind of learn who you are. And, and obviously, you know, you, you kind of schedule this this way so you can get away with it most of the time. Um, but eventually you'll see these teams come a long way just in, in this course of this month. Justin Gopier, actually, Indiana National Star with us. Justin, looking at the game last night, uh, I thought a number of takeaways, but one guy getting a lot of buzz as far as an individual player goes is Gabe Tux. He drew a lot of praise in the post-game press conference from Mike Woodson, and most importantly, he uh, provided a real lift to Indiana in the second half when things were a little dicey. He's not flashy, but he is solid. He's a communicator. He is a three-point guard and he's already making an impact as a freshman here very early for Indiana. Yeah, I mean, he's every coach's kid, kid cliche you could possibly have. I mean, I, I, I went and did a piece on him while I was still on the IU beat and went out to Dayton and kind of see how he operates. And, yeah, I mean, he's the, he's like, he, he's the quintessential coach's kid. You know, I think he's just been brought up in the game and just sees it at, at a level that other kids his age don't see it because he's been around. I mean, he's been in locker rooms since he was like, I don't know, five, six years old, maybe less. Um, because his dad was coach at, at Centerville, uh, did a lot of winning there before Gabe got there, and they'd have been did a whole ton of winning uh, when they were together. I mean, the guy's just been around uh, just so much basketball, and you can see it. I mean, you can just see, uh, you know, the wisdom coming out there, and, and, and obviously he's still figuring out the college level. And you know, I mean, I, I know he uh, turned the ball over in the, in the press at one point in time, and he only had one turnover, but it was not a pretty one. Um, but all the same, he, he's done good ball handling, really good passing. Uh, was very supposed to be on defense, good communicator, getting everybody in line. That's one thing that stood out to me, um, you know, when I watched him play uh, a high school game, was just the degree to which he was directing traffic. I mean, we were, everybody was supposed to be all the time, knew who was supposed to cut where, but also who was supposed to rotate where on defense. Um, you know, everybody looked to him uh, to have an understanding of, of what their job was, and, and he would even hedge things and say, okay, you know, uh, he, he could see a, a wrinkle in a play the other team was about to run. I remember just seeing him, you know, take a teammate and move him like, I don't know, three feet uh, closer to the rim on a, to defend a baseline out of bounds. Um, ended up end up changing the play. So, I mean, he's, he's a really smart kid. Indiana fans are going to love him. I mean, he is every, everything Indiana fans adore. Um, and, you know, he's in that Jordan Hall's move mode. I don't know that he's the shooter Jordy is, but as far as just being incredibly high IQ, uh, you know, they're going to love him. Um, they're going to love him for as long as he's there. I mean, he's, he's not going to be 
physically dominant, but he's physically good enough, and he's just sharp moving the basketball, you know, and uh, it, it's going to fit in well. I mean, I, I was a little surprised with how much they played three guards with him and X and Galloway together, uh, and, you know, had the several ball handlers out there at the same point in time, but, I mean, I think they did, that, that was when they were at their best throughout the draft, but, uh, you know, again, it plays a little bit smaller, it takes McKenzie and Baca off the floor, um, but I think it, it, you know, it was their kind of smoothest operation that I noticed last night. Dustin Bokir at the Indianapolis Star, my guest. Dustin, you know, being cuts in many ways is kind of anti what college basketball has become. I would believe he's a four-year player if he stays at Indiana, doesn't transfer, which is another thing that's uh, common these days. But can you imagine, and I know he's just played a couple of exhibition games and got praise after the first regular season game last night, but can you imagine a guy like Gabe Cutts if he continues to develop his body and his game and his point guard leadership if he were to stay at Indiana four years? You mentioned a guy like Jordy Halls, and I know he's from Bloomington, from the state, obviously beloved by IU fans, back on Coach Woodson's staff now, but can you imagine a four-year Gabe Cutts if he works out like he has here early on? I mean, sure, it's a big deal, but I mean, like, it, you know, it, it, it's not that rare. Trey Galloway's doing it. You know, I mean, he's a bigger guy. He's just a different build. Um, but, you know, I mean, that, that's been a guy that, that has been, I think, adored by this fan base for how hard he plays, how much he gets after it. Uh, and he's been there for four years now. And so, like, he, he, I mean, he's in that lineage for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, and, and I think he could be an incredibly popular player that way, and he would be viewed, I think, uh, similar to a lot of those guys. Um, and, but, I mean, Indiana's, Indiana's had a bunch of those. I mean, I, I think we do overstate, you know, obviously the portal is, is moving more players than it's ever moved before. Uh, but it doesn't mean there's zero of these guys. You know, that, that, that doesn't mean that there's zero guys who come to a place and say, this is where I want to be and this is where I want to stay. Um, it happens. It's, it, it's a non-zero thing. Um, and like I said, I mean, it's happening with Trey Galloway right now. I mean, they've had a few years with David Johnson, even though he's a transfer. Um, you know, obviously they've got tri- four years with Trace Jackson Davis. I mean, it, it happens. Um, and, Ray, you know, Ray Thompson, they got six years of Ray Thompson, a guy who, who really busted it and, and became a really popular player as well. So, I mean, it, it, it's not one of those things like for which there's no analog in, in today's day and age. Um, but, you know, I, I, I absolutely can see him being just a, totally, a, a very adored player that, that fits in uh, the lineage of, of a lot of beloved IU players. And, and that's the thing, that IU is still positioned well to keep those kinds of guys around because it, it makes them feel appreciated. Um, you know, guys like that really look around Indiana and notice that everybody sees what they bring to the table and, and, and like understand their importance to the team. So, uh, you know, they've certainly got a chance to keep guys like Gabe Cups around. And again, they're, they're doing it with Trey Galloway. And I think Trey Galloway understands how much uh, he is appreciated by the fan base. And that's part of the reason why he doesn't look to go anywhere else. Justin Bokirak, the Indianapolis Star. My guest, Dustin, I want to Get to a couple NBA topics because you do a great job covering the Pacers and your daily uh, beat for them. But uh, I think you had a chance to see Victor Wimbiana, if I'm saying his name correctly, up close and right. personal here recently when the uh, Pacers were a 152-111 winner over the Spurs. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's just incredible. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely one of those things at, at this point when you're watching him, you don't know, he's not going to blow up every night. You know, I, I mean, I, we had a podcast talking about, uh, you know, what to expect if you're buying, you know, a ticket to see him. And it's like, okay, don't expect it to be he's going to be the dominant player on the floor. Um, and, and he kind of proved me wrong in between because you have a 38-point game against Phoenix and you're starting to see him get an under 
Jackson had a terrific block on, on attempted dunk. Uh, Wembenyama ended up being three for 12. He scored 13 points, but a lot of those were the line um, because you know, that, that's the only way he could score. He wasn't getting easy shots at the rim, and that's where he could really uh, bust you up. But, I mean, he you know, hit a couple threes. And it's just remarkable to watch. I mean, a seven-foot fat guy, there's nothing you can do to stop him from getting that shot. Absolutely nothing. Um, you know, you, you, there is no one. If he wants to shoot a three, he can shoot a three. Like, I mean, that ball is higher than any other human can get. Plain and simple. There's nobody who can stop his shot. If he's taking a three-pointer and if he's going to hit 35, 36, 37 percent of them, um, that's a force. I mean, that's just an incredible force. I mean, that's that's Durant, Dirk Nowitzki plus. Um, and it's it, so it's just obviously some of the things you can see. And I, I watched him warm up just to kind of take in the marvel. Um, and you know, he's just doing these crossover dribbles, and you're like, how is this possible? You know, I mean, you've seen so many seven-four, seven-five guys, not so many, but enough uh, to get a sense of just how hard it is to coordinate all those arms and legs. Do it effortlessly at 19, and there's just so much capacity for where he's going to be, and, and he just changes, uh, you know, so much of the timing, the physics, the geometry of the game. Um, you know, if he's coming at you and you've got a foot in the paint and you're at the three-point line of the wing, uh, you better get that shot up really, really fast. You don't have time. You know, when, when, when you have time against any other mortal player uh, to set your feet, take your time, get your shot up the way you want to get it up. Uh, well, then you got to put the mark on it. You, you, you got to push high. And it, and, it, and it gets marked immediately because if not, it's going to get flooded back into the fifth row behind you. Um, it's, I mean, he's just a remarkable specimen and seems like a really mature kid and everything. Again, it did not see him on his best night. Three of 12, still had 13 points and nine rebounds, two blocks. And you, you started to shoot things. You're like, I can't believe I'm watching this. I can't believe a seven foot four human can be that coordinated at the same time. Um, he's just going to be just an incredibly dominant force. And, and it's just, the league only has a couple of years before he is just incredibly dominant. I mean, he has, he, he, he's going to get there and he's going to get there fast. Yeah, he's going to be, he is going to be interesting to watch him develop here. I agree with you. Right. Years, and he may be a force unlike something we've seen maybe ever in the, uh, in the league for sure. One other NBA topic, the in-season tournament is new, and it got underway this past Friday. The Pacers won their first in-season tournament game there in Houston. A defeated uh, Cleveland 121-116. I've read up on it a little bit. I think I understand the format. Um, it's intriguing, and I, I'm curious the push for this. I guess it's something different in the regular season. Maybe it gives a feel like college basketball has the tournaments and the showcases and things that draw so much attention. Maybe it's the professional version of that, but What's your take on the in-season tournament so far? I guess we have more games coming up this weekend or this Friday. But it's, uh, mm. it's interesting, and it's a unique concept, and I'm curious how it's going to go over. Yeah, I know, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm very interested to see how it's going to shake out as well um, as far as, just, you know, if, if it's going to draw the kind of interest they're hoping. Um, I mean, the, the line I've used so far is that I'm agnostic about it, and I don't have strong opinions of it either way. But, I mean, it comes from, you know, the idea comes from soccer. You know, it, it's, uh, you, know you have a lot of these cups um, in, in these other, you know, game, basically, the, like, I don't know, English soccer fascinates me, but I don't understand it at all. Uh, you know, it's like sometimes this is a cup game, and this is a game that matters to this, and this game matters to that. I kind of never know when the games I'm supposed to care about are on. Um, but, the, you know, soccer fans know, and they understand it. Um, and so it, I think it's trying to bring an element of that. But I, the biggest key, I think, and got a sense of this from talking to, you know, a, a, um, Adam Silver was asked, 
back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Wednesday show, local sports, the topic each week on Wednesdays with Josh Cook, sports editor at the Hoosier Union. Here at the Tech County, it's open, 502-414-1450 and 502-414-1450. Josh, lots to get to as we transition from the fall to the winter season, but we've got to start with Providence Volleyball, a state champion local hero. Close. Cool. 
best shooting team, and uh, they went out and proved it in the, in the season opener. So I don't, I don't know if they can keep that up, but I think they're going to be a very good team uh, this year. You know, obviously playing in that in that play, in that four A and playing in the same section as the Finn State champion Bedford, it's going to be tough. But man, I tell you what, I think they might be able to get in the game this year, and uh, that that'll be very interesting when, when those two teams clash later on in the season.